Buddha Baker. He embodies the approach to preparation necessary to succeed. You know, just through and throughout how he goes about his business. You can see the way he walks. Buddha got somewhere to be. You know, when he goes through the ladder, you know, he can be cracking jokes with somebody all the way till his toe hit the first box. And he's dialed in all the way to the three hard steps when he comes out and then he's back into the world. So it's just, you know, that intense focus that he carries and, you know, he's just a different breed. And in, in the mm-hmm. truth, it's guys like Buddha who, who make you know the job worth it for sure. And that was something that one of our coaches in Arizona told me as well. You know, when they seen how I trained was that, you know, training like that, it can't do anything but make you a better coach because it's like you're in that position as a coach. You know, you're not just trying to call it or, you know, you develop a program and, and they're going through it <clears throat> and, you know, you're just kind of gauge a RPE and you just really don't know what's going on inside of there. So, you know, that, just that piece alone you know, is the part that makes you say, OK, yeah, this is this is the way to go. And, and obviously you'll do it as long as you're of able body to do so on the coaching side. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to PA Chalk Up. Today we've got one of my good friends from UW. Hi Kev, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Right. Um, nice to see you again. Absolutely. Likewise, brother. We've not caught up in a while, so I'm excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. So am I. So am I. It's my first one, so I'm excited to get into it. I love it. This is this is legit one of my favorite parts about it. It's just like I get to talk to people that I'm genuinely excited to talk to. Yeah, um, excited. You ain't, you ain't work. You ain't working. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So if you just give us a little breakdown on who you are and what you've done. Yeah. So I'm Kevin Green. I'm originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, I graduated from Slippery Rock in 2016 with a degree in professional studies with a public health concentration. Um, I moved on from football in 2016, um, was just in the workforce for a little while, you know, until 2018, uh, I was coaching high school football just to get the game back around. Uh, that led me to, you know, getting back into training, uh, physically training to try to get the game one last go before I hung it up officially. And um, that led me to playing arena football in Green Bay uh, in 2020. Uh, 2020 COVID happened, ended that season. And I was kind of, you know, the marker for me to, you know, hang it up officially and shift my focus to thinking long-term. And um, since then, um, it went into the NASM program, got my, you know, CPT from NASM. Uh, was doing some general population training, knowing that, you know, high performance would be uh, the end goal for me. Uh, got my first opportunity in high performance out here in Seattle at four sports performance. Um, uh, under Tracy Ford. And then uh, from there, got an opportunity to intern with Ron McKeefrey here at the University of Washington. Um, you know, did my thing with Coach Mack. You know, he told me if I came in, worked hard, kept a good attitude, you know, good things will happen. And, you know, that's how I'm wired anyway. You know, blue mm-hmm. collar mentality, you know, boots on the ground, the whole thing. So, you know, just kind of came in learning, eager, uh, growth mindset at the forefront. And uh, my performance in the internship then granted a recommendation from Coach Mack to Buddy Morrison, the uh, physical preparation staff of the Arizona Cardinals in the National Football League. So I did my couple rounds of interviews for that, um, was granted that opportunity um, just for training camp, went out for training camp, 
did my thing out there, uh, which led me then, you know, to Buddy Morris letting me know that he, you know, informed the front office that he wanted me to be retained for the season and then for the foreseeable future after that. Um, you know, things happen at that level that are that are outside of your control. Um, so I'm back here at the University of Washington and, you know, I'm happy to be back around the guys um, as they chase the, the history that, you know, the mm. potential that this team has. So it's, it's been truly a blessing. Uh, a little bit of an accelerated process for me, um, you know, just being two years into the, into the industry. But, you know, you know, good things happen when you're willing to learn and you have a growth mindset and, and gratitude uh, for those who give you an opportunity. And, you know, you know I'm a servant leader, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, my, my, my good is the, is the good of the, of the whole, you know, that's, that's where I get my satisfaction from. So, you know, to see the team win and play my part, however I need to, um, has granted me, you know, the positions that I've been in so far to have two great mentors, such as Ron McKeefrey, Buddy Morris, you know, be the, the foundation of the coach that I'm becoming. Yeah. And you've kind of touched about it. It's, it's that, growth mindset that you have that's sort of taking you to these places. Mm -hmm. um, how did that sort of develop and how are you constantly just progressing through your your career? Uh, it's just never being, you know, never being satisfied, you know, never, no understanding that there's always more information that you don't have. Uh, coming from a smaller town, you know, getting out here to Seattle and seeing, you know, different things. You know, that's something that you, you know, you carry with. So there's you, you always got that chip on your shoulder that you got to learn more, got to learn more, you know, need to see more, need to do more. And um, that's just pretty much, you know, the wiring that I that, you know, was built inside my DNA just from, you know, being raised where I was raised, you know. So that's something that, you know, I always make a joke and say, you know, it doesn't matter what logo sits on my chest, what, what seat I sit in, um, you know, that 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 same hustle that coach Maxine that got me a recommendation for, you know, an NFL internship as an intern in his program will be, you know, the same work ethic that you'll see regardless if I'm an intern or a head strength coach at the highest level, you know? Yeah. So what's that progression being like for you going from playing to then joining the SNC and then joining performance? Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was a little tricky at first because, you know, somebody like me, you know, I like to be, you know, once again, humble and appreciative to, to all endeavors that I'm a part of. Right. So coming into the SNC side of things, you know, you understand a lot of people, you know, have football careers that come to an end, whether that be abruptly mm -hmm. or through the end of eligibility. And what's the first thing they decide to do? Oh, I can train somebody, I, you know, whether it's through science or not. But, you know, I wanted to make sure that I came into the game, you know, humble and respective to the fact that there's a, a wealth of information needed to acquire to be a, 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 not only an effective coach, but a safe coach. Mm. You know, so I wanted to respect the game in that regard and not just be another former athlete coming into the game and, you know, possibly messing things up or not doing things the right way. That's always been my thing is just wanting to do things the right way. I don't, you know, I don't need to compare methods or anything like that or stand around doing those kind of things. Just just want to know what works and, you know, how I can progress and, and service my athletes in the best way possible to benefit them and not myself. Mm. 
And it's quite interesting that you say that because I've seen you. Obviously, we've worked out together, mm. and I see how like hungry you still are, and mm. how much you chase those sort of hardships that you get with lifting. Yeah, yeah. Has that? How has that process been for you? Uh, you know, it just so coming out of college. Um, you know, I, I didn't do things as well as I should have done them, and you know, I acknowledge that. And so part of it, you know, coming into the SNC side was just to, you know, literally give it the true go of the diet, the, the proper rest, the adequate recovery, as I'm learning the scientific foundation side of things, testing them on myself. And, you know, I can humbly say here, you know, I'm a better athlete than I was seven years removed from my playing career than I've ever been, you know, and that's just simply through doing things the right way, which you know, it, it helps in preparing yourself for life. You know, I say train for life. You know, you always are performing in some regard. You know what I mean? Whether you're playing or not, you know, mm. always some aspect of performance that humans need to be aware of. And, you know, hopefully trying to improve as they go through the course of life. But, um, you know, just doing those things to become a better strength coach, understand different concepts and things like that while going through performance type workouts and things like that and then like i said you know becoming a better athlete because of it i'm able to connect with my players on a deeper mm. level because i feel what they feel not only from the workout side of things because i've probably done the workout prior to them doing the workout but i also understand what they feel what they need how their body operates from the football side as well which is which is unique in in our industry 100 percent. i think that's the the best thing that i like that really got drilled into my head when I was there. It was like, do the workouts before the guys do the workouts. Because mm -hmm. then you know exactly what they're feeling. But you know mentally as well when it starts sucking for them. Yeah, absolutely. But when it starts sucking, then you can be like, let's go, guys. Let's go. Yeah. You've got this. Um, how was that transfer sort of been for you? Obviously, playing at a high level and then coaching now at a high level. Um, just like you said, you know, you, you understand the whole process of what's going on. So, you know, it just makes you that much better of a coach. And that was something that one of our coaches in Arizona told me as well, you know, when they seen how I trained was that, you know, training like that, it can't do anything but make you a better coach because it's like you're in that position as a coach. You know, you're not just trying to eyeball it or you know can't you 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 develop a program and, and they're going through it <clears throat> excuse me and you know you just kind of gauge your rpe and you just really don't know what's going on inside of there so you know just that just that piece alone mm. is you know is the part that makes you say okay yeah this is this is the way to go and, and obviously you'll do it as long as you're of able body to do so on the coaching side yes sir um, so what was that difference like between D1 sort of college football and then moving up to the Arizona Cardinals? Um, it was it was a, it was a big difference, obviously, because when you go into the NFL, you know, there's, it's a whole different ball game, Right. You know, it's the highest of the high. You know, it's a lot on the line, you know, across the board. So, you know, for me, the biggest thing was, you know, going into it. How do I get these guys to buy into who mm -hmm. I am? You know, the intern coming from University of Washington, young, younger coach, you know, how do I get these guys to trust in what I bring to the table 
of the physical preparation staff at the Cardinals. And, you know, it just goes back to being yourself. You know what I mean? I understood that I'm a grinder. I'm passionate. I'm very detailed in terms of execution of the work. So I knew that those guys who valued that would find their way to me. And those Mm. guys who, you know, I would be servicing the most rather than rather than not. So that was the biggest adjustment was just getting in there and just, you know, truly trusting yourself. There was a lot of good coaches on that staff who, when I first got there, you know, took me under the wing, letting me know that, you know, trust what you do. You be doing yourself, doing yourself and this team a disservice um, to not hold them accountable, to try to be their friend, X, Y, Z. So to just go in and truly just be yourself. So that that's what really put it over the top for me to go in and thrive the way I did and get the reception and buy-in that I did from the players was just truly being myself. You know, they see me work out. They understand that, you know, I'm in it. I'm in it for the right reasons. You know, once, because the biggest difference between this level and that level, those guys have seen everything. And you've heard this from Coach Mack. You know, they've seen all the fancy facilities. They've been to all the, you know, fancy places. They got the fancy trainers and specialists. So, they, they they can see right through you if, if you're not in it for the right reasons or if you're trying to mask something or if you can't really truly help them, they'll know, you know. So that was just the biggest piece. So, and they, they respect, you know, authenticity more than anything. So, you know, that's the biggest piece that gets that buy-in, you know, that's so coveted in our industry. But it just all circles back to just being yourself and being in it for the right reasons. Yeah. When it comes to sort of, the schedule and how long you've got them to sort of help build these relationships. How does the schedule work with the SNC? Yeah, so you know that's something that you that you deal with in, in in the NFL and that a lot of coaches, you know, shout out to them, you know, for being able to navigate that. Um, just the lack of time that you do have with them. Hello. You there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. That's all good. We can just take it from there. Okay. Yeah. So just navigating the lack of time that you do have with those, you know, with those players and still being able to come up with a comprehensive program to still, you know, do your job as the head preparation coach. But, you know, typically the, the most time that you'll have with the athletes is in the off season. But mm-hmm. a lot of guys, like I said, they go their way. They got this guy here or they want to do this here. You know, sometimes it's mandatory for the rookies to stay, to be there from rookie rookie season um, going into year two, because that's where you make a lot of the jumps. You know, the, the biggest jumps that you'll make in your career is that year one to year two. So they're not really trusting anyone, you know, outside of their building to, to push mm. you to make that jump for you. So, but other than that, you know, it's just pretty much the, the buy-in that you have from the guys and who's willing to stay around and be around. But, you know, mainly during the season, it's just it's sub maximal work, you know, a bunch of maintenance work in season stuff just to keep, you know, protected injury prevention, things of that nature. So it's not a ton of time that you get. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm sure if you talk to any coach who's coached in the NFL is one of the more frustrating aspects. of. Mm. The job. But like I said, you know, it's a testament to those coaches, the ones who are able to still drive a a highly effective program given those circumstances yeah so with the rookie having to sort of stay there what's 
what's the team dynamic like when they see some of the other players not being there? Uh, it's, it's part of the game. It's not, you know, they're not looking at them, you know, any type of way because of it. It's just, you know, these are grown men we're talking about. <clears throat> so, you know, they have the freedom to make the decisions that they, you know, that they want. Um, they might have a guy who's been training them since they were three years old or something like that. And that's just, you know, that's who they do their dirty work with in terms of, you know, the training, the, the offseason grind. And so it's, it, you know, it just varies. You know, obviously the, the teams will want everybody to be there being developed under the people who they pay to develop folks. But, you know, you just, you just, it comes with the territory. Everybody understands that. So it's not really a negative or positive thing. Um, That's what I would say there. Yeah. That's what I kind of wanted you to touch on because I know these high level sort of athletes kind of are a little bit more refined as to what they need. Like Mm -hmm. they know I need to get better at so that, top accelerity work so they'll seek someone out for that and mm-hmm. like they've got like this whole staff behind who they are as an athlete yeah but a lot of people don't know the difference between sort of because a lot of coaches i've seen other athletes with other coaches and other team coaches and people are sometimes like why why is that and it's not that they don't trust the program it's just like they want to have control over what they're doing right hundred percent. And, that, and that, that's that's all it is at the end of the day is, you know, that comfortability level, you know, because like I said, um, initially, everything, there's a lot more at stake at that level. So every decision, everything, everything you eat, everything you do, everything you say, you know, has a cost somewhere, you know, so to speak. And that's a slight exaggeration, but, you know, that's that's what it is. So for for them to put their trust in someone that could possibly hinder or press mm. their career it just all comes back to a comfort level thing and it's just you know you'd rather be and do what you're comfortable with versus you know the other side of that 100 percent. well have you found that the mentality differences are like between sort of u-dub and the cardinals in terms of their athletes um you know the mentality is, is going to be the mentality that of that of a football player um <laughs> Once again, you got you're dealing with kids, you know, young, young adults from, you know, around 18, 17, 18 years old up to about 22, 23. And, you know, at the NFL level, you can be dealing with anyone from 21 to 40 something. So, you know, again, these are grown men with families, multiple children. Uh, it's, it's just the game is just different, you know, from their approach their approach to preparation is different because of those things, right? You know, if you got kids at home, a wife that you need to provide for, your intensity and mentality probably will be a little bit more intense when it comes to taking care of your schedule, doing the things that you need to do versus that of a 18-year-old kid who only has himself to worry about, mm. and, you know, is not look probably you know not playing you know so it's just kind of you just lollygagging to the weight room not saying that's what's going on at UW but just to compare and contrast the two you know that would be the biggest mentality difference if you had to pinpoint one Hmm. but it's all about the work at the end of the day you know everybody's in it for the same reason you know they understand that you know the S&C side of things is the foundation of our game so you know it can't be overlooked or side or sidestepped in any form or fashion because that just hinders the athlete at the end of the day. 
100%. What was the best mentality that you've sort of saw at both levels? Oh, man, Buda Baker. <laughs> Buda nice. Baker, man. Buda Baker, he embodies, you know, the, the approach to preparation necessary to succeed. You know, just through and throughout how he goes about his business. You can see the way he walk or Buddha got somewhere to be. You know, when he goes through the ladder, you know, he can be cracking jokes with somebody all the way till his toe hit the first box. And he's dialed in all the way to the three hard steps when he comes out and then he's back into the world. So, you know, that's just, you know, that intense focus that he carries. And, you know, he's just a different breed in, in mm. the truth. He, he guys, guys like Buddha who, who make, you know, the job worth it for sure. Yeah. Can you sort of explain what it's like to see that switch happen from like being in the line and then starting and then they're, they're just like a switch? Yeah. You know, you just you just see it. It's like, a you know, if you heard the mama mentality, um, killer instinct, you know, you just literally it's, it's a whole different mode. You know what I mean? Mm. So like literally can, you know, be laughing, smiling or doing whatever. And then you just see the whole the the whole demeanor just changes in a matter of milliseconds, mm. you know, and then it goes back into it. But that's what that's how you know that you know you're training not only training your body, you're training a mentality, you know, because this is the mentality that you need when you play the game. So you know that's the mentality that you need to take into your training session, which is what I tell a lot of young guys. You know, when I'm talking to them in terms of preparation, understanding the importance of preparation and things like that you know it's just having them understand that piece of you know not only training the body but you know train mm. train the beast train the killer train the one that's going to be out there playing the game that you need to be playing you know what i mean 100%. take that mentality into your training sessions versus you know just having to do it or you just kind of going through it to survive it just to say you did it you know being intentional you know the word intentional you know, carries a lot of weight in, in what I do and how I like to go about my business, you know, getting better on purpose. Mm. So that's what that that's what that looks like when you, when you talk about that. Yeah, it's it's funny that you speak because I've got this thing where anytime I'm coaching an athlete, it's everything has to be with intent. And like what that means is like, even if it's your first rep or your last rep, you should try and do that first rep the best to your abilities. Absolutely. And you should carry that to the last one. Absolutely. Like, for me, repeated sprints, I, I love it. It's the best way to teach the dark side of mm -hmm. training and performance and mm -hmm. how to get out of that dark side. Mm -hmm. Like I know Coach AJ has this love relationship with the dark side and he encourages everyone to Absolutely. sort of go through it. Absolutely. And do you want to do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, because, you know, it, it goes back to what I was just saying about training that beast, training that, you know, training that killer. It's like the intent that you need to play the game, you know, and it, it, it can go to a variety of sports. But just talking about the sport that we service, which is football, it's a high velocity, violent game. You know, it's so that's what you need to be training at all times. Every rep of everything you do unless it's something that call for that type of intensity or tempo, it should be done with max effort to the bet to the, to the best of your ability, because you play the game at, you, you don't hold back when you're playing the mm. game. You know, if you, if you hold back when you're playing the game, that's how injuries happen. But to have that intent, every rep, every rep, literally getting after it, every fiber of your being is behind this rep 
and then it's behind the next one. That's how it should be, you know, from a preparation standpoint, because that's how the game is played. Mm. So, so there really is no gray area, in my opinion, on what training should look like versus what practice should look like versus what the game should look like. It should all mimic each other in some form or fashion from an intent standpoint. Like mm-hmm. you said, that's, that's a great point that you made. 100%. The one that sort of always, I always go back to Asa. I know he's warrior. 100%. I know he's currently injured, but that boy's work mentality and just like his way of being present during the, all these sessions mm-hmm. is something I've never seen unless like I like when I watched this I was like he gets it. Cuz like there was there was this incident that happened on the field and we me and him sort of connected on it. And then afterwards, me and him got, like, talking, and I was like, why is it that drives you? Like, what's your motivational factors? And he told me, and I was like, now I get it. And it right. sort of, like, clicks, because, like, they've got that personal life that they have, but then when you dig a little deeper, they're actually doing something to get to that place. Yeah. Yeah, no, Ace, like you said, he gets it. And that's that's all we're after, you know, at the end of the day. You know, like I said, the buy-in uh, from the athletes, trying to get them to understand and see the preparation process the way you do, getting them to understand the value in intentional work versus, mm. you know, like I, I have a saying, you know, we get stronger as we go. Like you said, this, this rep versus the last rep. You know, we get stronger as we go. That's the mentality. You know, during isometrics, you know, I try to keep my guys calm and cool, you know, no ugly face, you know, the shaking, you know, stay, you know, keep yourself cool. You know, my my, my family member, James Conner, plays running back for the for the Cardinals. And, you know, we, we had a saying called that we don't let it get chaotic in there. Hmm. You know, meaning if we can maintain our homeostasis through the most rigorous of training, you know, how much better will we be as humans, you know, even outside of so, yeah, you know, Asa gets it. And that's just all you want your, your athletes to do is get it and understand that part of it because, you know, then the relationship will work that much smoother in obtaining the goals mm. that we want to obtain. This, this is also a good point. Is like, so nothing like this is developed without an enormous amount of stress, mm. either physical stress, like your reps, your weight, your load, everything, like that's stress. Yeah. But then when you've got that stress and you can connect with it, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, it's important to do the workouts that you're giving them because you know the stress that they're under. And then yeah. you know how much they're able to push as well. 100%. 100%. It's just meeting meeting in the middle and, you know, being able to deliver the message in a clear and concise way, you know, so the athlete understands. Because mm. like you said, that high level of stress you know, it's it's not fun. It's not fun. So if you can deliver a why or a rationale behind it, you know, you're giving yourself the best chance to succeed as a coach and building that relationship to be able to administer some of these high, crazy loads that's necessary to achieve the performance goals that you're after. 100%. What are some of the philosophies that you, and principles that you use run through the program at the Cardinals? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the programs, you know, in AZ, you know, it's just, you know, basic rationale, you know, from the residual effects of training, 
So we did a lot of tempo work, you know, tempo runs, you know, things like that. Um, just pretty, pretty black and white for, like I said, the in-season, in-season program. You know, the, the the stress that they're getting from the field is just in the contact and, and all the factors and variables that you have to consider from a football side of things. You know, it's, it's, there's really not much you can do from an SEC side of getting too creative or too pretty, if you will. Hmm. So just hanging on to, you know, overload and progression and just being strategic with the residuals, making sure we're hitting every bucket that we need to. You know, we're hitting our speed, we're hitting our max V outside of the practice field um, just maybe once or twice. You know, everything changes from week to week. Is it a short week? Is it a normal week? You know, because that changes. We'll have two lifts this week if it's a, if it's a regular week. If it's a short week, you got a Monday game or a Thursday game, you only get one total body in, but you got to get some speed work in here and there. So it's just pretty much it, it varies. There's a lot of variation in it. Mm. You know, so that would be another one of them. It's just literally having to be on top of your game every single day, moment to moment with these guys, because anything can happen. You know, Buddy's huge on, you know, his stance on periodization because of that fact. You know, he's, he's been in the NFL for a while, so he's seen a lot in terms of, you know, having to pivot and reroute on the fly just because a guy comes in, you know, a day after he felt good and then he just mm. doesn't because of whatever happened in the game. So, you know, there's, it's just literally just the residuals, you know. Can you explain what the residual is? Yeah, so every um, motor quality, strength, speed, um, glycolytic systems, every it's use it or lose it, so to speak, you know, just like the principle of reversibility. So, you know, strength has 30, 30 days plus or minus five, you know, that if you don't train, your strength for 30 days. So say I don't touch, you know, do, do any strength training for 25 days. I'll still have my strength reserve when I get back into the weight room, you know, but after that 30 days, plus or minus five, it'll start to decrease. It'll start to go away. So all you have to do is tap into it one time to keep the ball rolling in that regard. So that's pretty much the biggest thing you can do for those athletes at that level in, in, in regards to them being in season Hmm. And just happen to keep them healthy and ready to go from Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Or whatever they will be playing on. Hundred percent. And I think this as well, it's like it's kind of building their armor off season. So mm -hmm. that in season you can sort of like it chips away at it, but you're constantly keeping that sort of field strong enough yeah. for them to to keep going with it. Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing of it, you know, is understanding and you know, I try to tell guys all the time. You know, when those workouts are happening in February and there's not a game in sight, that those reps matter. Because mm. every rep that you do over the course of your off-season, you know, general prep program is going to be your armor that you have to available to you for the course of the season once it kicks off game one. So once again, getting them to understand that part and being dialed and efficient in the off-season program, it'll carry them, you know, the distance of the season. And, you know, Buddy made a point to me as well, you know, that, you know, sometimes you will see the value of a guy's training regimen, uh, off-season training regimen through how they look after an injury and then they train during return to play and mm -hmm. they come back better than they arrived. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. So I've got this 
thought and I've kind of spoke with Caroline over it because she did the yoga side and she does like a lot of the PT stuff now. But we were speaking about um, how you can train for injuries. Mm-hmm. I know that oh. sounds weird to say, but no. sort of if if you train, so say ACLs, ACLs are big injury mm-hmm. points in American football. But if you've got ACL specific work within your season or within their off season, mm-hmm. if if by any chance that happens during the season, after surgeries and after all their healing processes, they'll be able to come back quicker because they've got that f- foundation of strength within their ACL. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's something that you know we like to do as well. You know that I thought was very very interesting is um you know, putting the guys in those stress positions, so to speak. Mm. So, you know, ankle, you know, ankle flexion or some, you know, just positions that aren't pretty, you know, that mm. would look like an injury would ensue from, from that, from said position or joint angle. And then build doing some isometrics through that, mm. you know, so now you're building resiliency in those positions that if they were to end up in that position in a high velocity, you know, scenario, you're giving yourself the fighting chance of coming out of it okay versus not because mm-hmm. another quote from buddy you know is you know injury prevention doesn't exist you know with, with our game that we play so best thing you can do is prepare the athlete you know that's why that's our job anyway is to create mm-hmm. the most robust athletes that we possibly can so that's just thinking outside the box and understanding you know what common injuries can happen putting our athletes in those, you know, situations in a controlled environment and then doing some light isometrics and building up, you know, to try mm-hmm. to develop some resiliency for when they go out onto, onto the game field. Yeah. There's this coach in Scotland. His name's Rob Anderson. I've spoke about him before in the podcast, but he's, he's like, it's what I call like a mad science scientist. Mm-hmm where he's like, he thinks outside the box and tries to see what the best way to to solve this problem. And his sort of formula to injury prevention is obviously you've got isometrics, you've then got coming out of isometric movement, Mm. and then you've got ballistic. So essentially it's like you go from, I'll switch it to this. So say it's a rotator cuff, you've got a band or you're pushing against something work that rotator but then he'll have a movement that comes off that as in like so you hold but you come off you hold and you come off as in like an eccentric type movement mm-hmm. and then the ballistic side is again that overextended position that vulnerable position but making it ballistically so like those fast twitching muscle fibers are activated they're again they're working mm-hmm. and his theory behind it is essentially that after he does that his athletes can be explosive to overstretch, but if that overstretch goes wrong, it's easier to bounce back from, or it's it doesn't happen because he's worked that ballistically in a sense that he's put contact through it to stop that from becoming a problem. Exactly, exactly. So that goes back to you know what I was just saying: the high velocity game. If you can somehow train your athletes in those positions at a higher velocity now obviously you're running in you know it's it's risky business so to speak right but if you 
you know, have enough research on your side and, you know, you're, you're diligent and detailed enough mm. in your approach, you know, it, 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 it pays off, you know, because it's, it's like, why would you not, in my opinion, you know, why would you not? Because if we can, you know, put ourselves in these positions before we are exposed to them in the high velocity environment and get as close to putting ourselves in those positions in a high velocity mm -hmm. environment, I, I think that that I think that's more positive than negative. Once again, if it's done safely and, and intentionally, hundred percent. And the thing is, like we're not sports coaches; we're just there, sort of build this armor and like mm -hmm. balance these athletes out so that they can go out into the field and perform the best that they can. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back. To, it goes back to specificity, you know, mm -hmm. and understanding the game but that's where understanding the game comes and brings value to the weight room is because you understand what a receiver is looking like when he's breaking on this route this route that route this route you know what mm -hmm. he has to do you know you know the technique so now you know okay that that enables you to be more creative you understand what a db's hip level looks like where his center of mass is coming out breaking on an out route versus breaking on a slant so now mm -hmm. you're able to, you know, do some banded work, do some resistance work to have him and to be able to train these specific movements and prepare the body to be able to do those things on the field, which is our job is to prepare them to play the game. You know, we're an yeah. accessory to the sport. So, you know, just being able to identify all those different, you know, movements and, and positions from position to position and then be able to come up with different ways to train them in the weight room that's mm. i think that's i think that's the, the beauty of you know what we can do as preparation coaches 100 percent. how beneficial have you found obviously having played it to now coaching it how beneficial have you found that aspect of your now coaching uh it's, it's tremendous value you know because like i said you know i understand the thought processes of our athletes you know training sucks <laughs> to a lot of them they don't want you got to be you got to be like me you got to be like you or aj or somebody who really you know lives to get after it to appreciate it while you're in you know while you're playing so you mm -hmm. know you got class you got everything like that so you know if, you, if there's something that you could not be doing or relaxing you probably not want to want to be lifting heavy weights and getting your butt kicked in the weight room right so, you know, just using that piece, understanding how the majority of our population thinks it's a negative thing on training and especially mm -hmm. turn to play, which is something, you know, that I'll be, you know, hanging my hat on, you know, through the rest of my career is just defying those negative thought processes that exist out there. You know, I know how the athletes think. I know what they need to do from a positional standpoint as far as movement goes mm. you know, and just just different things. It helps you with, you know, resiliency techniques and in, in off-season conditioning, understanding the different scenarios of the game flow, you know? So now you can inject a, a specific stimulus in off-season training to support a, a two-minute drill or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. But it's just that added football knowledge from the other side and bringing it to the S&C side and being able to implement different things that way I think, you know, carries tremendous value. Yeah, I think for me, I I was able to sort of hang with you guys because I've got rugby experience. Mm -hmm. 
and like they're not the same sport and i've tried to explain to, to some of the guys that are the are the team the difference between football and rugby because they're kind of the same but they're not like i wouldn't say one's harder than the other i think it's it comes down to different velocities you're able to achieve a, a lot higher velocities in american football than you are with rugby like okay. they'll they'll be fast rugby players are fast but the impact against each other the forces are created within those impacts they're not the same like right. american football players run into each other yeah they're running into brick walls oh yeah they're go- those guys are solid oh yeah but in rugby that tackle process is a lot slower so you're a little bit more yeah, it still hurts it stings like i've had a couple like numb arms from tackling and just getting after it but the velocities that you achieve and that impact force is completely different. Yeah. And I think like American football is always going to be a little bit harder for me because of that. Yeah. And like you said, you know, those collisions, those, you know, it's the, the higher you, the higher level you're playing the game, this is just the more that it's imperative that you're detailed in your preparation. Because, you know, like, like you said, it's high velocity. These are, you know, juggernauts literally banging, banging, banging every, every single snap. So mm. you know, it's, it's truly about being efficient, you know, with the work and understanding what the players need, you know, from an individual standpoint, from a team standpoint, and just, you know, really being committed to the development of the athletes versus you know, any possible, any other possible um, scenario that a coach could be in it for, you know, Mm. it's a very, it's a very sensitive subject, you know, in my opinion, that's, that should be taken very, very seriously. Yeah. I think the individuality part of the programs can be a bit hard to achieve as well. Can you go through the process that you've sort of seen implemented for that? Or can you say that again? Repeat the that individualities again? of the programs for each player. Yeah. So, you know, just in terms of program design or, you know, exercise selection, you know, it, there's, in, you know, there's differences from player to player from, you know, positions, you know, obviously, you know, rhinos versus cheetahs, offensive linemen versus skill is something that I learned in Arizona. So that's one, you know, individual difference right there. Uh, then, you know, to dive deeper, you know, two different, two two skilled players playing the same position, one may have, you know, significantly less shoulder range of motion than the other one. So maybe this exercise won't be able to service both of them. So we need to do, you know, we, we want to keep the same stimulus, but we have to figure out a different way to go about it. Hmm. You know, that just falls back on the coach of being able to identify that and then once again pivot and make make you know make a difference yeah the thing that people don't know as well is like how quick paced this industry is mm-hmm. and how much you actually have to keep up with yeah how did you find going from one to the other so we're back um so we you were good? just talking about yeah so we were just talking about um the difference between the paces of UW and the cardinals and how did mm-hmm. you find that? Um, you know, it, there is, like I said, it's, it's a black and white difference, you know, simply because of the athletes that you're dealing with, for one, 
you know, the sports season that you're in. You know, I was at UW um, in the spring. So, you know, it's a little more a little more grinding going on, you know, but as in comparison to being at the NFL level where, you know, we're in season or training mm-hmm. camp, you know, we're, we're in that preseason mode into the end season. So, you know, the pace slows down to, to a certain extent, but, you know, when we're going, we're going at the mm-hmm. NFL level. You know, when it's the tempo, when we do tempo runs, when we do, you know, our dynamic stretching or, or, or anything like that, it's a, it's a very high intensity, a very high level of focus. Um, but it's very short-lived, you know, obviously, because the workouts aren't that long. They aren't, you know, it's not a very high volume of work, but it's very, you know, intentional, very high intensity, very, very focused. Yeah. What's, um, what's the process like between each season for the NFL in terms of work capacities and sort of what you're actually able to do with yeah. them? Yeah. So, you know, your preseason work, you know, so during training camp and in season, you know, we'll look, you know, exactly how I just described it. Um, and then we'll go into uh, active recovery or restoration, you know, to where now you, you're getting them no weights. You know, it's just a lot of bike work, swims, things like that. Starting to reintroduce, you know, the functional movement patterns that are going to then be loaded moving into the general prep phase, which will follow mm. the active recovery phase. But, you know, once the season ends, it's, it's just about rehabbing injuries, um, taking stress off the mind, um, getting, getting the nervous system dialed back in, um, the neural pathways necessary for, you know, the squats, the lunges, everything that's going to then be loaded as we move into the GPP phase mm. and get ready for the offseason. What's GPP? General preparatory. Okay. Um, no, it's just so like, just uh, so we know what each thing means. Um, when it comes to, and you've just touched on it, the loaded movement, can you explain that and sort of explain why that's important for these guys? Uh, yeah. So, you know, Buddy does a lot of good work um, in, in understanding, you know, the nervous system. You know, the, the body can be trained, right? It's, it's not rocket science. So, he likes to dig deeper and, and understand how the brain is working and, and how efficient, how efficiently we can we can upgrade our training, you know, to support the brain's part in the whole process. So, you know, doing those body weight, you know, lunges, things like that, just getting back dialed in from that side of things is just preparing the central nervous system to be that much more efficient when the weights come and then you start to you know, develop those neural pathways. Now we're talking about neural pathways versus just your standard lateral lunge or front lunge or back squat. Now we're talking about, you know, training what's responsible for the optimal uh, efficiency of that movement, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's it's because, like, our whole objective with these athletes is to get them stronger doing movements that they do on the field mm-hmm. and it's thinking about it's not sport specific because that's bollocks but it's making sure that they've got the fundamental strength there to be able to perform these movements at a high mm-hmm. level right and that's how training progresses right you know you go from you know your your, your off-season phase it goes from you know general work to more sport specific so you know when we're training the nervous system here we're getting it 
prepared for the general work that they have coming up, the high volumes, the basic movements that they'll be doing, you know, with super heavy, super heavy loads, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, as we get into that grind season. Um, and then you start to shift the focus, you know, now we're doing more sports specific movements and then those will, you know, get into those, you know, unloaded, getting the CNS prepared for that. And then we'll start to load those up as we move into peak, uh, peaking and maintenance. Um, but it's just all about servicing, servicing the CNS and, and being educated enough to understand that piece that it plays in this whole thing that we're trying to do. 100%. So how has your role changed since you've started back at UW? Uh, so I'm just pretty much I'm working in recruiting and, you know, helping Coach Mack out, you know, here and there, wherever he sees fit, um, you know, getting ready to finish up my CSCS here. Um, and then we'll we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. What's it like having to help with the recruiting phase and sort of that aspect of the, the business? I love it, man. It's all because it's all about relationships. It's all about being, you know, a people person, um, understanding people. And just being able to go out there and connect and impact, which is what mm-hmm. I'm, what I'm in, you know, you know, strength conditioning for. So, just being able to impact people as much as I can, you know, on a daily basis through truth and love, um, it allows you to just do and meet so many, so many great people from all over the world. Truly, yeah. How has that? So, what's like the most rewarding thing that you find with that side of what you do now? Um. I think the biggest thing uh, is, you know, I've been working with our director of player personnel, Courtney Morgan, um, since I've been back here. And, you know, he literally told me what he wanted to do. And, you know, he showed up and did the work and the transformation has been has been phenomenal. You know, I can't say enough about that guy. And, you know, because he showed me the ropes with the whole recruiting thing. And so, you know, to see that that type of effort from him you know, on my side of things and, and, and for the for the picture to play out how it's playing out, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and you kind of touched again, on it. That's that, yeah, that's that impact that I'm after in this yeah. thing. Training NFL guys, training college guys, training elite athletes, it's fun. You know, it has its perks, but it's not nearly as impactful as as, as what I'm doing, you know, with my guy Court. And, you know, I'm appreciative, appreciative yeah. of it, efforts. I think like this is, I don't think I've ever spoke to you about it. But it's it's something that you said to me while we were, again, we were, we were interns, so we kind of had the the less desirable jobs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. But it was it was me and you in the dog pit, and me and you were just cleaning, and you stopped me and you're like, look around, look what we're doing compared to everyone else. And it was just sort of like that mentality switch for me, which was like, yeah, like we could have just stopped and just like chatted and just like hung hung back a little bit, not work as hard, not mm-hmm. push ourselves. But where would it have gone from there? Right. And to me, that was like it was that was one of the times when I was like, "Fuck!" Like I I'm here for so long, I need to make the most out of this opportunity. I can't just hang back and let it hopefully yeah. pan out. No, not at all. <clears throat> not at all. And, you know, that piece of it is is more so, you know, not to bash anybody, but for the sake oh, of it. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm glad to hear that it, you know, that it worked for you and it was an impactful moment because that's how I go about my business. You know, 
somebody gives you an opportunity, you know, you 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 work. If you if you're in it, be in it. You know, you you don't cut corners. You don't try to, you know, get out of anything. You do your part to make sure that the whole of whatever you're a part of shines and looks the best as it could. And so, me being an intern for Coach McKeefrey, that weight room is going to look how it's supposed how a Division One weight room is supposed to look. Dubs up. Dubs up. You know. <laughs> You know, even working in recruiting, like, you know, it's I when somebody gives me an opportunity, there's, you know, there there's where I'm coming to pay it back, you mm. know, from the course. As I grow and and get better and do the things that I'm trying to do, you know, I'll become I'll get, you know, the flowers or whatever is is deserving of whatever, you know, not that it matters, but you know, to be it goes back to serving leadership for me. Mm. I mean, if I can do my job and, and do my part at the highest level possible and then, you know, the whole thing looks great, I'm good. I'm more than good because I know my best in that, my effort in there, I've gotten, I've made tremendous strides, you know, throughout the whole thing, whether there's recognition on my end or not. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just keeping that, you know, that, that, that humble servant mindset and just willing to be, you know, willing to go the extra mile. You know, it's mm. not it's the skill of the man; it's the will of the man. Hundred percent. You know, and there's there's you know, I'm willing to do whatever you know through respect and acknowledgement of those who give me an opportunity. Hundred percent. And to like further emphasize that when I got this opportunity to come across there, because like I'm obviously in the UK, it's not every day that someone from Scotland goes across to UW and gets a chance to coach right for me i was a super appreciative like anytime that us as interns got to speak out the first words out of my mouth is i appreciate this opportunity for being here and you just taking me under and sort of helping me do this and be where i'm at yeah. but the the thing when i came across there was in my head i've got five to six weeks to let them know who i am and to remember me yeah and for me, I made sure that every day I was the first one in. I was there. The first things I would do, I was I would help set up as much as I could before everyone got in. And then when the athletes got in, everything was like ready for them, as everyone did. Yeah. And then I would stay later to help out with different departments. Because to me, it was like the more people I get to know, the more people I get to connect with, the more contacts I have. And that's, yeah. again, Coach Mark's mentality is like, you're here for a limited amount of time with us, make sure you make the most out of it. Mm -hmm. So for yeah. me, those five weeks or six weeks were super like on every single time. Yeah. And you know, you know, for me, you know, and I say this humbly, like, you know, coming out here to Seattle from Pennsylvania, you know, I was, it was mission purpose driven was to, you know, create opportunities for myself that, you know, I didn't think was possible at the time for where I was, you know, in life. So came out here and, you know, literally put my head down to the grind and went from, you know, private sector high performance to college high performance to NFL high performance, all in less than 365 days. And it's because of that focus, that work ethic, you know, just truly that that grind and and being, you know, just being so focused on the task at hand, not wanting to let anything, you know, get away from you. This, this is gems. 
You know, it's not everything doesn't have to be about money. It's the experience that you get from certain opportunities that'll take you, you know, light put you light years ahead. And, you know, that was something that, you know, to piggyback, like you just said, Coach Mack, that was something that he said to me, you know, before I left out for before I left out for Arizona. You know, he said, you know, you make them keep you. You go out there and make them keep you. And and that's true. That's literally what I did was just went out there and, and with me for the short amount of time that I had, which was four weeks was all that was promised. And it led me to being my performance led me to being retained for the season. So, you know, it, it works as cliche as it sounds. It's not cliches are only cliches to people who don't work hard. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Something that I've been getting into a lot with speaking to different coaches and different sort of parts of sport is their phrases and their quotes that they have for like specific moments in their career. What are some of the sort of phrases and words or things that you live by within this industry? Um, no days off. You know, no days off has been one since I was, you know, 15 years old, I got it. It was like my second tattoo. Uh, so on my arm, no days off is one of them, you know, hustle, grind, execute, you know, that's, that's, that's a three part phrase, you know, hustle, work hard with determination to earn the life you deserve, grind, pushing through the mundane tasks necessary to succeed and then execute, putting in the work and letting your results do the talking. Um, and then hustle, grind, and execute, that's that's literally what we do from a preparation standpoint. So, you know, it can be interchangeable in that regard. But, you know, I look at that three-part phrase as, as my life mantra. Mm. Yeah. I've got one that's shy boys don't get sweet. And that, for me, that's what's carried me throughout my whole life. When I was in development squads and sort of getting up to trials and all that stuff, one of my coaches stopped us and he was like, guys, this is like you you're in trials for perhaps going into the development squads of Scotland. Like you need to think about this as in like shy boys don't get sweets. If you don't go out and perform your best, then you've given someone else that opportunity to, to rise to that. Absolutely. So if, if you want Ooh. it, if you want it, go and get it. Cause like mm. shy boys don't get sweets. Mm. Come on, man. Come on. 100%. I like that. I like and that. Like, that's what I've lived by since I was 16, 17, 15. Like, shy boys don't get sweets. sweets. Any opportunity that comes, I'm there. Like, I'm, you. I'm on it. Because you're giving somebody else the opportunity to rise to it. Ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that's the mentality thing that we've been speaking about. It's, like, you can't let anyone get that better of you. You have no. to rise. You have mm-hmm. to rise and you have to go and get it. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's the whole why not me thing, you know. Me being coming from, you know, a smaller town, like I said, it's to be even in these spaces was mind blowing for me. But, you know, it's a, it's somewhere that I've always seen myself, um, you know, at a young age. So it wasn't it wasn't too crazy to me, especially through the work that I put in, you know, to get here to earn these opportunities. Um it's just it's, it's just a blessing and I'm filled with gratitude every day that I'm able to do this job, you know, to keep me pushing forward. So that's why, you know, I don't I don't see it, you know, slowing down anytime soon just from a work ethic standpoint, because it's all built from gratitude. You know what I mean? 
hundred percent. And it's like it's stuff like this. We kind of spoke for the podcast, and I was telling you that, like, I like doing this podcast because I get to speak to people that are like me, and mm-hmm. like there are coaches in the industry that know what the hard and grind is. And for me, that's that's one of the key things that I love to speak about is that mentality differences between different aspects of life and how they all accumulate to build this one single program. Yeah. Yeah. I say it all the time. You know, I'm like, I probably, I'm probably the most boring person that you can have a conversation with because all you're going to hear about is working, grinding, being focused and intentional. You know what I mean? Because that's what drives everything. You know, there's a lot of, you know, senseless conversations to be had. Um, and it's just about, you know, how, how do you want to spend your time? You know, and I'm always trying to find ways to get better, uh, find ways to, to learn, you know, find ways to educate, you know, so things that I just learned, I want to educate somebody else on so that I can, you know, get better, get more repetition in it. It's just a never ending cycle, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's just a way of life and it's not, you know, you don't shun anybody else who, you know, just rather just fly by the seat of their pants but you know there's a certain this is a certain tribe that we're a part of man and and we've earned the right to to wear that as a badge of honor 100 percent. on something that you've just said is is a phrase in portuguese that essentially means you can learn something from everyone even a dumb person you can Mm -hmm. learn not to be them absolutely and i think that's that's one of the things that have sort of it's it's goes back to what you said like there's a lot of meaningless conversations that happens mm-hmm. and like it's when how do you differentiate like what a good conversation is with not and i think i'm as boring as you kev and we've been together and all yeah. we like to talk about is training hard work <laughs> you <laughs> know yeah. listen it's, 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 it's gonna get pretty it's gonna get pretty bland over here man <laughs> listen listen i ain't got nothing for, i ain't got nothing for you <laughs> hundred percent. I ain't got nothing for you trying to get into some hard work. Oh, listen, we, we can do this all day. hundred percent. What, what the focus like? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, um, on that, what's one piece of advice that you would give SNC coaches coming into this industry or just starting out? Oh man. Um, <clears throat> just don't overcomplicate it. You know, you know, me personally, I came in, understand like i said super humble just understanding i'm starting no xi degree no kinesiology degree um so i was just super open to learning the wealth of information and it and it kind of set me back because i'm trying to you know pull in everything that i hear every concept every word every single thing and it's just you know i'm like how do you how do you how do you train somebody you know so just yeah you know what's the process of training somebody from this point to this point how do like these dudes they play a whole season like how do their bodies last through a whole season you know these are the things that I'm thinking about as I'm trying to just pull in and learn everything there is to learn about strength conditioning um and it wasn't until recently that you know learned you know when I finally understood the true concept of periodization you know so that's that's what I would give them as my advice is just to understand the process, what mm. the process looks like from training an athlete from one one sport season to the next, a full macro cycle, and then allowing them to start there 
to get a good basis of what the process of training an athlete looks like from start to finish and then let the rest of the concepts and stuff come come to you and you'll know where to put it versus just trying to take in every piece of information that you hear and wondering mm. where it's in the puzzle Does that makes sense yeah on that what was the best sort of advice that you were given by coach mark and buddy um i would say you know with buddy don't 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 overthink you know don't don't overthink it you know trust yourself literally do what you do for the sake of the athletes and you know don't just don't overthink it um you know from coach mac i would say coach max thing you know is was truly allowing me to be myself and stand firm in who i am as a coach don't let the scientific foundation side of things uh discourage me you know not having that background and understanding that that's my uphill climb and that's something that you know i still go 100 miles an hour with every single day because you know that's that's very important in, in what we do it's everything in what we do uh the practical side of things was something that just came natural to me you know mm -hmm. coach being on the floor but literally just being myself and standing firm and understanding that i belong in this industry uh is the best advice that i got from coach 100 i i have this very strong belief of a piece of paper doesn't make you a coach mm -hmm. 100 being a coach makes you a coach being able to speak to connect to sort of be a part of the athlete's life in more ways than push harder run faster like mm -hmm. the more personal not personal because that's a fine line between personal and personal yeah. but like knowing that what makes them tick knowing how they drive how they push i think great coaches are able to coach i always value experience over a piece of paper always yeah 100%. You know, with that, you know, to piggyback off what you said, you know, when the athletes know that you're in it for them, you know, and it, any any athlete or anybody that's under your care, when they know that you care about them, they know that you love them, it opens the door for you to have uncomfortable conversations, for you mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe come down on them when necessary. But they know that it's coming from a place of respect, a place of love. So, you know, the, the, the right the right ones will be willing and upset and accepting of that. And that, like I said, the opportunities are endless once you have that type of buy in from your athletes. hundred percent. And it, it, like, the thing that's crazy to me and that a lot of coaches don't do is as soon as your athletes come, hi, how are you doing? How did you sleep? Yeah. What did you eat? Have you eat? Did you have a good day? have a good day on your way out mm -hmm. it's simple like it's 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 mind-numbingly simple on how to be a good coach yeah yeah it's, it's just it's you know you have to be bought in just as much as they are you know you there to you know get them better obviously but you're you're the person responsible for a lot of the stuff that they want nothing to do with so you know being able to connect with them being able to understand what they got going on understanding mm. what the family has going on it just in you you know you 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 have to know that information that's just that information is just as good as the information performed in the needs analysis if mm. you ask you know if not more because if you don't have that information and you don't have that buy-in you don't have that connection 
it doesn't matter what any of the one through seven steps look like because it's not going to get anywhere because you couldn't get through to this athlete. Hundred percent. I think that's that 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 is it. Is like it's just it's building connections and just knowing what what they are about. Yeah, and that's a shared that's a shared concept through strength conditioning side or football side. It's mm. it, any coaching venture that you'll go into. That is the the you know the the, the brutal facts of the whole thing you know none of it none of the knowledge you can be the best position coach in the world but if your players hate you they won't listen to a word you say you can have the world's greatest hypertrophy program or the world's best speed program but if you can't identify that your athlete just don't have it that day or you just you know they never you never could get through to that wall and they're trying to understand why they're doing X amount of this or X amount of that, and you just saying just do it. It's <laughs> worthless, you know. Hundred percent on something that you sort of touched on, and I'm going to blow a little bit of smoke up your arse here. And just because you don't have that piece of paper that says you've done kinesiology or strength and conditioning or physiology or whatever biomechanics, someone has to graduate at the bottom of the class. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's recently that I've learned this, and a lot of people in this industry, so much across here as opposed to there, because I respect coaches a lot, like a lot there, because I know the process behind it. Mm-hmm. I've got some issues with how the programs run across here, but everyone, at every degree, has to graduate at the bottom of their class. So you yeah. will get people out there that's got a piece of paper that thinks that they know it all. And mm-hmm. that's not the case. So like, when you're speaking about, oh, you don't have this, you don't have that, but you've got the most important, the most fundamental thing about being an effective coach mm-hmm. is your ability to connect, your ability to sort of work with these athletes and push these athletes to the best that they can be. So to me, that will always trump a piece of paper. Yeah, 100%, bro. And I appreciate the acknowledgement. Uh, <clears throat> but like I said, that's something you know that that I've identified as well is you know the weakness of not not a weakness it's just area of improvement um, is having that certification but you know I'm putting in the work daily to to you know make make my weakness a strength and just sharpen like you said this the, the tools the intangibles of coaching you know that will enable me to be a very effective coach um, in this industry you know, and the rest will take care of itself. You know, I was never too, uh, never too concerned with the whole certification part of it. Um, the, you know, my main thing was just wanting to make sure that I was doing things right and was and was honorable to the to, to the industry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, you know, that's good enough for me. The rest will catch the rest will catch up. And that's something that Coach Max said as well is that you know, well, you you can be taught anything, but the things that make you you you, you can't teach. So, hundred percent. For me, in my eyes, Kev, you'll always be one of the greatest coaches. My man, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. You know, we was down there spraying down dubs up, man. So you're my brother in arms forever, man. You got to know it. M six. Yes, sir. M six. Appreciate um, you having me on, man. Nah, sure. it's all good. Honestly, that this has been, it's been a good catch up. Because like yeah. we've just been us, and it's it's amazing to just connect with you again and just like speak on the things that 
we've drilled in about a hundred times before. Yeah. And I need to go up to Seattle at some point soon. Yeah, man. Listen, we're gonna finish this year out. It's gonna be it's been a pretty fun ride, man, and it's and it's kind of just beginning. So, you know, the focus, the focus has to be on more now than ever, which you know, it just like I said, it grows more and more every day with this young group. And, you know, it's just a special they're a special group to be around. And I'm just honored to be able to be around them. Hundred percent. What was the atmosphere like after uh, Saturday's game? I just asked uh, what the atmosphere was after Saturday's game. Oh man, it was electric, electric. Yeah, that's what is. You know, this whole season, every you know every win we get is is that much more important because of where we're trying to go, right? And then on top of it being Coach DeBoer's hundredth win just made it even that more special. Um, you know, there's just a lot of history that's being made, you know, week to week within us trying to accomplish the grand goal. But as you know, it's a one and oh mindset around here. Mm. That's not just one and oh for the week, one and oh for the day, it's one and oh, you know, for the moment, one and oh for the, the hour, the minute, the second, you know, it's just going one and oh and just winning with what's right in front of you and not getting too far ahead of yourself and, and being where your feet are and taking care of business right then and there. And you do that, everything, you you, you know, you'll, you'll get everything that you're after or have 100%. the greatest chance to do so. 100%. And I'm wearing, I'm always rapping. <laughs> What's up, baby? Dubs up. No, but it has been truly amazing to see it. And obviously, like, I've just partaken a little part of it, but to me, like, that was, it's, it's amazing to see how far that team's come from the season after or just before I started to where they are now was just phenomenal to see. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, it's special to be around, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be back. Nice. Um, so what's the next steps for Kev? Um, who knows? You know, I'll be back. I got my second, um, my practical practical side of the CSCS coming up here in about six days. So I'll be fully certified at that point and then um, be able to see, you know, what's out there for me in terms of, you know, getting my first uh, full-time role in the industry. So I'm excited, you know, talk to a lot of good coaches. You know, there's a lot of networking that I've done. I put myself in a pretty good situation to be successful. Um, so, you know, whatever comes to me, whatever's for me will be for me which I understand. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, firmly where my feet are every day and just, you know, making sure that I'm the best person, best coach, you know, best man that I can be to service whatever is next for me. thousand percent. Um, I'd also love to have you back once you make these big moves, just connect again and just sort of explore where you are and where you're going. Uh, bro 100% you know my door is always open for you my man so anything you need on my end all you got to do is holler at me love it if you could just tell everyone where they can catch you and sort of keep up with your journey uh you can follow me on twitter coach kev six the number six k or on instagram conquer with a k and six k following that as well yeah coach kev six yeah coach kev six k on twitter here we are Love it. Thank you so much for helping old Kev. I appreciate you for your time as well. Thank you for having me, bro. Hey, I just want to let you know, man, I'm proud of you as well. You know, doing your thing with the with the podcast, 
you know, this is big time stuff right here. You know, Coach Mack, was some, this is something that he really looks forward to and, and, and recommends for young coaches. Something that I'm still trying to get, you know, comfortable with myself. So I appreciate you bringing me on this today because this was, this was monumental in my development. I just want to let you know that, man. Nah, like, like I said at the beginning, this is, this is us being us. It's not, like, I don't see this as being something that I'm doing special. Like, this is, yeah. this is me connecting with an old friend. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Well, I appreciate you, brother, and I appreciate you having me on, man. Appreciate you, too. Thank you.